the Fitness Hacks Podcast, episode 27. Today, we're joined by Tim Anderson of Original Strength. Welcome to the Fitness Hacks Podcast by Redefining Strength. Breaking down fitness and the fitness business with some of the best names in the industry. And here are your hosts, Corey Lefkowitz and Ryan Heenan. So we often tell people that, you know, when you press reset, it gives you the ability to do the things you like to do better. What a treat it was today speaking with Tim Anderson, the founder of Original Strength, going over bringing fitness back to basics. We talk with him about pressing reset, about going back to those movements that we were born to do because we've become so far away from them sometimes. And going back to those basics is essential to moving better and really feeling better into our old age. I love how Tim talked about his own personal training philosophy that he's training to feel great in his 90s and not just to feel great now. He talks about building habits that will help you move and feel better. And he talks about building not only a strong body, but also a strong mind. So let's jump right into it with Tim and be sure to listen for his favorite barbecue plate because the answer gets a little squirrely. Today we're joined by Tim Anderson. Tim, welcome to the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and your fitness journey and what led to your passion for fitness? Oh, man. Um, Well, I've been a personal trainer, I guess, for... Uh, since 1998. Um, and really, I think what got me into fitness was uh, in the seventh grade, I wanted to play football. And the coach told me that I could not play football unless I went to the weight room. So <laughs> um, to to get on the football team, I, I, I started going to the weight room and then a, a sickness developed where I always wanted to stay in the weight room. Um, and that's that's kind of how I got started, I guess. So you started with weights, and now you're back to sort of the fundamentals. How did you transition from a very traditional, you know, locker room workout for most high school guys to, you know, what you're doing now? Um. Uh, well, so I I found out about this little ball with a handle um, about, I don't know, maybe eight, nine years ago, um, the kettlebell. And I got really excited about it because it was so different from anything that I had uh, done before. Um, and I got so excited about it that I started getting overuse injuries with it. Um, and then that led me to seeking out ways to, to get out of, uh, pain and get rid of those injuries. Um, and that led me down a, another path where I kind of got frustrated and felt like I was chasing my tail. And so that led me to, <laughs> uh, to, uh, honestly, I, I, I sat down one night, um, a friend of mine named John Brookfield, uh, he had told me a story about how he developed the battling ropes. Um, so I was thinking about that one night and I sat down and I was like, you know, I, I just really want to quit hurting. So I, I asked God to show me how to, to train to get out of pain. Um, and then he showed me how to move around like a baby, uh, and crawl around on the floor and roll around and do some rocking, um, within a few days. And, and that's really what led me to, to where I am now, uh, with original strength. And, um, and, and it's just, you know, the simple childlike movements like that. And I've, I've found that just doing the little simple things in life, um, can yield very big results. It's funny how so often we overcomplicate things and we make these, you know, crazy different, you know, pieces of equipment and all these different things to get in shape when really it's taking it back to basics as you found. Yeah, the, uh, you know, um, learning just how to move our own bodies uh, is a great place to start. Uh, and really just learning, uh, re- remembering how to do things like we all know how to do things, uh, but we just forget over time, either through 
through getting distracted or through just lack of use. Like, like the easiest example is, is that most of us really don't breathe correctly um, through, through various reasons, but just simply returning back to breathing, it's amazing what that can do for your body. And even in, as far as strength training goes and unlocking your, your potential. It's not only difficult to do those basic movements often because we're so, you know, sort of messed up from our daily lifestyle, but there's also often like a mental aspect that holds us back because there's this like current push for everything to be gnarly, to be harder, to be in a weird way, complicated. What mental training did you have to go through to even allow yourself to take a step back and regress the movements and start with those fundamentals? I think if you get frustrated enough with your situation, um, you're, you're willing to, to really do anything. Um, and you know, if you, if you, if you're always doing complicated stuff or, or difficult things and it's just not working for you, if, if, if like, for instance, if you, if you hurt enough, if you thought that putting broccoli in your ears would take away your pain, you would put broccoli in your ears. You know what I mean? Like, so when you're frustrated enough, it will cause you to seek just something different. And I, I think that's what happened for me is that I was more open to the to the simple things than the, than the complicated. So I would imagine when you were putting the program together for original strength, you had a couple broccoli in the ear moments where you realized, hey, maybe this might be better if I put the broccoli in my mouth to get maximum benefit. Can you take us through the journey and maybe some of the hardships you had in putting that program together? <laughs> so, so like I said, it was it was kind of a a miraculous uh turn of events um so i like i said i it was really answered to a prayer and i started uh rolling around and crawling on the floor and and i it just seemed to make sense to me and i got together with some friends uh mike mcniff and jeff newpert and i don't know if you're familiar with the fms screen but we had Jeff had had a screen done and Mike had had a screen done and we just started playing with the, 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 the baby movements, if you will, just, you know, rolling, rocking, crawling, and then, and then testing them on their FMS screen, um, after that. And it was amazing the difference in their scores that just after doing those, you know, within minutes, uh, of doing those really easy movements. And the biggest thing after that was, is that I wrote this little book called Becoming Bulletproof. And after it was released, you know, people started, for whatever reason, people started uh, buying it, but they started writing in letters uh, telling about these amazing stories that or changes that had happened with their bodies. Um, and I think that was the, the big, like one of the biggest aha moments for me was, man, this stuff is really powerful. So as you wrote and you got these people interacting with you and coming back to you saying it was really helpful, how did you decide to transition it from the book into a certification that you shared with other trainers? So my friend Jeff, uh, Jeff Newport, um, he, he was used to doing workshops uh, for kettlebell trainings and things like that. And he, and he asked me one day if, if I would be interested um, in, in trying it out in a workshop just to see how it would, what it would look like and how it would work. So we got together. Um, he had a, a email list uh, from his kettlebell followers, and he put out an email just to see if anybody was interested in, in attending, you know, a four-hour workshop where we would go over the the resets, uh, what we call resets. And you know, people signed up and came to it, and we did this four-hour workshop. And the the results to, for me, it was it was amazing because I was watching people get very very excited. Um, about doing these movements. And that's really, 
uh, how it started. So word kind of got out after that workshop and people started asking us about about doing workshops and it really just kind of kind of grew from there. I have to admit, I, I love not only the movements, but your language and how you speak about it. I love that it's, you know, called pressing reset. I love your reflexive strength. I love all those different things. A lot of times, though, when we, we create the language to speak about the movements, we're not only thinking about the audience we're trying to target, but, you know, like how we want to present things. How did you come up with that language to speak about those things? Because I just think it's it's amazing and it really gets the heart of like what you're trying to accomplish. I, you know, if anything, I think it's just more of uh, uh, the language came from where I'm from. I, I, <laughs> I'm from a small town called Fuquay Verena in North Carolina. Um, so it's kind of out in the country and I, I don't necessarily know how to, to speak um, in complicated manner. So I just try to keep things simple so that I can understand it. So I think when in processing things in my own mind, when I'm trying to communicate it, I, I just try to keep it as, 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 I guess, understandable and digestible as possible. Um, you know, so I grew up playing Nintendo. Um, and when, when the game would mess up, I would just, I would hit the reset button and it would, you know, it would all of a sudden the game worked the way it was supposed to work. So I think that's where I got the, uh, the press reset language and, and the, you know, just again, just being from the country. Well, I think you went the right direction with using press reset instead of blow on the cartridge. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that probably would have turned some people off a little bit. But, you know, honestly, I used to blow the cartridge and slap it on my thigh and then put it back in the machine, too. <laughs> it's the, prov- the proven tricks that work. It is. It is. And it, it was, uh, they were fail-proof. Well, you say you, you use very simple language, but it really does speak to people. And I did a little bit of stalking on you. Um, but I saw this quote on one of your blog posts that said, strength is born from consistency, from habit, from habits of thought, as well as habits of action. And it spoke to me so much that I had to write it down and read it back to you on this podcast because I think it's just so much the heart of where I hope fitness is going. And I'd love to have your, you know, your thoughts and reflection on that quote. So all of us um, are pretty much, a, we are a collection of what we do. So how, how we are in this moment is, is decided by the things we did yesterday and the day before that and the day before that. So it's our it's our thought processes and the things we do on a day daily basis that really create our who we are, our, our how we express ourselves and our situation, whether that's, uh, you know, our demeanor and our emotions and how we carry ourselves and when we interact with other people or it's our physical posture and our abilities. Uh, you know, if you if you think a certain way, if you have negative thoughts, you're going to carry negative emotions in your interactions with other people. And also, you're also going to carry negative postures um, in your in when you move. So we're just really uh, the habits that we make on a daily basis are are they they create our today basically. So Tim, you talk a lot about habits and consistency and routine. Can you take us through what a day in your life typically looks like? Oh man. Um, and and I'm pretty much uh, like Rain Man, so you know Watmer is always coming on at five 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 o'clock. Yeah, but so I, I get up at I get up at five o'clock, um, and I, I have I, I read and I just you know spend some time alone because nobody's messing with me then. <laughs> and, and 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 at six o'clock I start uh, I'll press reset uh, for about for about ten minutes, you know, and I, I'll just I'll just go through breathing, head nods, rolling, rocking, and some cross crawling type motions. Um, and then I, I, I start 
I guess, my training session. Um, and really, it's nothing fancy right now. I'm currently, after I, I do my resets for 10 minutes, I've gotten on this little kick where I do uh, 100 squats, at least 100 squats and 100 push-ups every day. And then, you know, that takes me about another 10 minutes. And then, honestly, um, I'll go walk. Uh, for in throughout through my neighborhood and I'll probably be carrying a, a weighted vest or a sandbag or a backpack or something like that and I'll, I'll walk for about 30 to 40 minutes and that's that's usually how I start my day um, after that I go to the studio and I train clients and in between clients I take 10 minute movement breaks here and there and I'll just do I'll play with stuff and just do odd things but nothing fancy um, it's kind of kind of boring but I'm, I'm creating habits <laughs> so so um, i'm trying to yield something uh later in life but you're creating habits that create results and it doesn't have to necessarily be the most tiring workout ever i think you even mentioned that in one of your blog posts about your new book coming out the habitual strength yes ma'am i, I have a, a i've just recently uh, written a book called habitual strength and it, it should be out actually within a week um but yes it, it's just uh daily, you know, the things you do every day. Um, and what, what I'm trying to do is, is when I'm 90 to still be able to move around and play with my grandkids or their kids. Um, and, and you're right, it does not have to be hard. Uh, you know, like for the longest time, especially in my twenties, I, 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 you know, I was living with the idea and I was, I was happy to live with the idea that if I was not hurting when I left the weight room, I just wasn't doing it right. Um, and I've, I'm happy now that if I am hurting, I'm, I'm stupid. So, so I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't do anything really challenging or complicated. Now I say that, I say that, but I don't know if you guys know John Brookfield. He, he, he is probably the biggest teacher I've ever had when it comes to physical movement. And he has taught me how to push the body beyond limits that you thought were possible. So I say, I don't do anything hard. But it's not hard necessarily for me. Um, but there was a time when the things like if like me five years ago, I would not be able to do the things that I can do today um, just because I have consistently checked in and and put the the efforts behind it day after day after day. Um, so like I, it's it's not really hard now, but there was a time when it was a challenge. So does that make sense? I just try to make the hard things easy, I guess, as I go along. Totally makes sense. And I think it also speaks to the mindset about certain things because so often people go in thinking they have to feel destroyed after a workout. And it's, it's not that feeling of destruction that you need. It's just constantly progressing and, you know, experimenting with new things and taking your body to places that it hasn't necessarily gone before. But it's not having to feel like you're constantly destroyed and broken down and beaten down. Absolutely. You can, you can take, you can challenge yourself a little bit here, a little bit there. And you can learn from those challenges and you can have, you can have fun. You can explore. I mean, it's crazy, right? <laughs> you can, you can, you can learn how to do handstands. You can learn how to do handstand pushups, but you don't have to destroy yourself doing it. You're just learning. Um, and you're, you're, you're challenging your body a little bit, a little bit here, a little bit there. Um, the idea that you need to always challenge yourself with reps and sets and percentage loads and a heavy day, a light day, a medium day, a heavy day, a light day. That's really, I mean, it does work. But that is not necessarily the best way, especially if your goal is to have a good quality of life. So true. 
actually going back to John Brookfield, I've been talking to him this week. And so it's funny that you bring him up. Uh, I did, you know, the battle ropes with him. And yes, you know, I, I love his barrel training. So any thoughts on those things? Oh, man. So John Brookfield, he is a uh, I call him the simple genius because he can take the simplest things in the world and and learn how to use them to to optimize physical performance. I mean, like the rope, for instance, when I first saw the battling ropes, I, I thought it was a joke. Um, you know, I'm seeing this this big guy. He, he's, he's making waves in a rope and it was it just looked so odd to me until I grabbed it. And then it grabbed me because it, it kicked my tail. <laughs> so um, it's, it's just amazing the ideas that he comes up with with everyday, uh, everyday objects like the barrel training, for instance. That is, to me, just brilliant. Um, you, you, you manipulate a barrel that weighs maybe 300 to 600 pounds, depending on what you put in it. But your body learns how to move heavy loads. Um, and in fact, you can't even move it if your body doesn't get in the right positions to move it. So it teaches you. It teaches you how to to produce power. It teaches you how to coordinate your efforts, but you know from from all your joints. I mean, it's just it's amazing. It is. It's teaching you how to recruit muscles in the correct way and efficiently so that you can push that barrel. And I have to admit, I, I have some at the gym and I love using them with my older clients because there's definitely also a feeling of empowerment that just comes with pushing this really heavy thing. Granted, ours kind of smell like pepperoncinis. I can't get rid of it, but there's, it, there is a sense of empowerment with that. You're absolutely right. So one of my favorite things to do um, when I'm training a client and I put them on the barrel for the first time, especially because a lot of people when they when they start training with me, um, they're not really confident or they're just, you know, everybody's kind of like that, I guess. But when if you can put like, say, a 130 pound lady on a barrel that's got 400 pounds in it and you can show her that she can move that barrel, I love, love telling them, hey, when you go home today, you just tell your husband you pushed around a 400 pound barrel. And you should see the look on their faces. I mean, it just, it's like this light goes off and they stand taller, they smile. Um, it's just, it's a really, I think very, like you said, it's a very empowering thing to do. Oh, I totally take pictures, selfies if I can even with them. Yes. They've got to be able to show it because working out, it's about moving better. As you said, it's about, you know, feeling good when you're 90, but it's about not only the physical strength, but also the mental strength. Absolutely. And and really, so they're hand in hand and you, you, you really cannot separate your emotions or your your mind from your body. Um, if you have a strong body, there are there's a really good chance you have a strong mind, especially if you have a body that moves well and a strong body. You, you've probably got a strong mind, and your emotions are probably sound. Um, and yeah, if, if if you can empower somebody and show them that they can move well and they can do heavy things, well, then that's just another another boost emotionally and mentally. That where they they develop confidence and a confident person is also a good mover. Um, you know, you you see this all the time. You see people that are depressed. Look how look at their postures and how they move. You see somebody that's confident. You see how they move in their postures. Um, so the emotions in the body are, are hand in hand. So, Tim, when you have a new trainer that's stumbling into this form of mindset with the new styles of training, does it take some certain types of convincing to get them to understand or accept this new mindset compared to the just push, push, push until my body hurts? It does. And, you know, everybody brings their own lens to the table. So no matter who you're who I'm talking with, it's you always have to overcome their background or their their vantage point. And it's not necessarily overcome, but sometimes it does take some convincing. 
but the, the beautiful thing with original strength or pressing reset is speed. Um, the speed of the nervous system is how fast change can occur. So if, if I can take somebody, uh, a new trainer, for instance, and I can show them something really silly, like crawling on the floor is going to improve their squat in about 30 seconds. Well, I've got their attention and, you know, and then they're probably going to listen to me. Does that make sense? Like, you know, if I can, if I can show them how powerful a reset is, then, then I can really tell them, I can tell them, I can tell them to go home and stick broccoli in the ears after that and they'll probably do it. <laughs> well, I think that makes perfect sense, especially in today's society where instant results are valued so much. Oh, you know, that I, I, I guess that's true. Um, we are in the internet uh, click society right now. But I think it's also important because you're teaching, you're not just giving people a training program, you're showing them how things apply, why they work, you know, how they can get results by moving correctly. And that makes them want to invest more in finding out more information about it. I, I do think it's very eye opening. Um, when when a person discovers that, wait a minute, these little things that kids do can actually have a, a huge, a huge carryover into into my own personal um, abilities or my own performance. Um, the and I think it's refreshing too because if 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 you know you're taught one way and you and some people like some people want rules and and they're really good at following them and others um, they want to question things but they don't necessarily know how because well if you don't do it this way you're doing it wrong so if you don't follow this protocol you're doing it wrong and I think that's the other the another benefit of, of original strength is that it gives you a little bit of information or the ability to, to, to think about things and to question things and, and to play out and to color outside the lines. And it gives you a little bit of freedom to, to explore how your body moves or how uh, other people's bodies move. And I think reestablishing that mind body connection when you regress a movement as simple as crawling. I mean, it makes you feel good to get back to that basic movement and realize wow, my body doesn't feel good, good enough to do the things that it was built to do. Yeah. Yeah. And as, as, as silly as crawling is at first, uh, you know, cause a lot of people just feel silly when they get down on the ground and they do these things. But like you said, when, when they're done and they feel better or, you know, um, on, and in some instances, people actually feel better from a, a pain standpoint where, wait, my, my back doesn't hurt anymore. Um, Again, I think it just gives it gives the biggest thing I think it gives is not only freedom, but but hope that that there's a easier or better way to get where I want to get. And I don't have to hurt. and I don't have to suffer while I'm doing it. It's so true. It's it's not something that you, you can enjoy working out and you're giving that sense of play and that ability to have some fun. And even though it might look silly or feel a little silly at the beginning, crawling is really challenging, especially when you do it correctly. And then as you adapt, you know, your body gets used to that challenge, as you said, and it becomes almost something you can do out of habit. You can do reflexively. You don't have to think about recruiting different things or moving in a certain way. Your body reestablishes that movement pattern. So what, what I have learned along the way, and I'm, I'm truly convicted of is that, that our bot, we are designed to move. Um, and we're, we are designed to be strong throughout our entire lives that none of us were, you know, we're not meant to be weak or frail or fragile. We're, we're, we're certainly not meant to be broken. Um, and I think when, when you, when you can grab hold of that, it's just, it's just powerful. Um, and it gives you hope that, that you, you should be strong throughout your entire lives. Um, and, 
and that you should be able to do it through movement because that's your design. Um, exercise is something that we created and exercise is great. I, I, you know, there's some, sometimes just doing a, a traditional exercise just feels good because a lot of people like to pick up iron or they like to push heavy things and they like to do these things. Um, and it, but, but in the end it's something we created, uh, as a bandaid for the, for a problem of, of just not doing anything. Um, you know, if you're designed to move and you spend the most, the majority of your day sitting or not, or being idle, um, well then you're probably going to have problems. So I, you know, I, I think learning or remembering that you were made to move and then getting out there and building that habit of constant movement is, is a fun, uh, a fun exploration or journey. And remembering things can be simple and not overcomplicating everything, which we seem to like to do a lot with diet and exercise. <laughs> well, um, you know, complicated sells, sexy things sell. And, and you mentioned it earlier, um, we live in an extreme world. And if you put the word extreme in front of anything, uh, it's it's going to catch people's attention. But it's also not getting caught up in, you know, losing weight in this moment so that you do anything and you take drastic measures and you destroy your body. It's moving well into your old age, which I don't know if you're familiar with Dan Ritchie of the Functional Aging Institute, but he talks about, you know, helping people move because fitness is an ability. It's not based on our age. That's well, I, I'm not familiar with him, but I, I 100% agree. Um, it is not based on our age. It is totally based on 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 how we move. Um, no, that's 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 great. Dan, as you said, his name's Dan Ritchie. Yeah, the Functional Aging Institute. He's got. I mean, you guys have such um, similar philosophies and such a great perspective that you know, moving is about moving better, so we can move well into our old age. And you know, it doesn't matter what age you are if if you're not doing some of the fundamentals and you're not practicing movements and you know, working to move better, you're going to lose it. It's it is all about the fundamentals, and and really, that's what the resets are. They are the basic building blocks of movement. And if you don't have those, everything that you're trying to build on top of that is is going to be lacking. Um, so it is the it is truly the simple things that allow you to create the big things and the complicated things later. If a trainer took your workshop, you know, original strength, they they learn the movements, they're really gung ho about them. How would you help them start implementing them into training programs with clients who might be a little resistant to the the non traditional, I guess you could say, uh, methods, you know, with the machines, with the weights, with all the things they see in the traditional gym? Oh, I think um, I would do the same thing with the trainers that they're going to do in the, in the workshop, I would have them just extrapolate that and use it towards their clients. In the workshops, we show trainers that how, how effective pressing reset is on their ability to do certain movements. So if I had a, if a trainer had a client that really wanted to get good at say kettlebell swings or learn how to use the kettlebell, I would take that client and show, teach them how to press reset and then, let them do that movement that they want to get good at, at doing and so that they can experience how much better it, it, that movement is or how much easier it is to tap into that movement. So you can, you can use the resets to, to really unlock doors for people's abilities and in, in, in the things they like. So we, we always uh, often tell people that, you know, when you press reset, it gives you the ability to do the things you like to do better. I like that line. That might be my favorite quote of the day. It gives you the ability to do the things you like better because isn't that what working out really is? It's being able to enjoy life the way you want. Absolutely. Um, you know, and there are some of us that working out in itself is the hobby. It's not necessarily the end game. It's, it's the hobby. It's the thing you love to do, right? So 
if you could, if you could, if there was something that you could do that would make that better and more enjoyable, why not? You've really taken the fitness industry sort of back to basics, back to the fundamentals with original strength. So I have to ask, where do you see the future of fitness going? Oh, um, well, that. so I think just based off of history that it's like a circle. Um, I, I think fitness is going to continue to go like towards the simplistic. And I think so right now we're getting back to the things that work. Like you see, you see MoveNet, you see uh, Animal Flow, you see all these other natural movement things that are really catching on and taking taking effect. Even even the way uh, studios are, are are designed, our training studios, it's 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 you know manual uh, natural movements is really what is popular right now. But the thing is, is that was very popular a long long time ago. <laughs> so, um, I think, you know, so there's these circles or these fads or and I don't want to call it a fad because a fad would make it seem like, well, it's not effective. Um, sometimes, though, people get excited about things that are very, very effective. And then later they get bored or they get distracted or they just forget how well something works and they move on. So I think that we will continue to see this, you know, natural movement and simple movement thing grow. But then right after that, on the heels of that, I think you're going to see science and the complicated and the fancy and the, the flashy come back into play. Um, you know, it, you may see that, right, you know, machines are, are kind of dying down. Like people really don't like to, to, you know, machines are bad. They're evil. Right. But it's not going to be surprising to me if if machines don't come back around. And, you know, now it's a big, giant business and not that it's not a big business anymore. But, I, you know, I think that it'll it'll be big again and and health clubs could be big again and it's just a big giant circle or fashion uh spiral circle everything comes back around it's true and at some point everything's that weird thing that everybody sort of rejects at the beginning and won't accept and then all of a sudden it's mainstream and people are all doing it how did you handle having because i mean i've got to imagine people sort of saw all of your movements as the weird thing how did you handle that and start educating people as to why they should be doing them if you couldn't get them into a workshop. And I know you had the book, but what other hurdles were there? I'll be honest. Um, I, I can't really say there were, there were hurdles again. Cause it was like, it was, it was the weird things. Like people would just send letters, send emails. Um, I, I think that when somebody was open enough to press reset, it made such a, an impact on their lives. Um, like I couldn't imagine like somebody say somebody buys the book pressing reset and they start reading it. What makes that person get down on the floor every day and start rocking back and forth? Like there's something going on in that person's own journey that, that would inspire them to do something so silly, you know, and, and then to do it long enough to, to see a change from it. Um, and I think so I really can't say there were any hurdles because it's the it's these crazy stories or these crazy results that people start talking about and then they tell their friends about and then they, they tell their friends about and then, you know, they maybe tell their physical therapist and then their physical therapist goes to the website and he checks it out and he wants to go to a workshop. And now all of a sudden the physical therapist is treating all his patients with with rocking and head nods when they come in the door. I mean, it just it just kind of grew. Um, so if there was a hurdle, it's I would say it was just simply time. Um, and it's weird to say, but it works so well that if somebody really engages in it, they're going to get some benefit out of it. So I think it is the, the biggest hurdle we've had is just time and people getting their toes wet 
with it, so to speak. And that makes perfect sense. I mean, I think something like pressing reset, sometimes the simplest solutions yield the biggest results. And I think in this case, that's one of those things where it, it's easy to do, it's a little bit harder to implement. But like you said, just over time, it's going to be accepted because the results are so amazing. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and that's really how it, how, how it has grown is that a little bit here, a little bit there. People are getting really good results, and again, it's just word of mouth, and they're telling each other. and And so, so this all started like in 2010. So six years later, I mean, it's it's grown to to how it is now. I'm I can only imagine six years from now that it'll be a little bit bigger. Um, it'll keep going in that direction. So, Tim, you've shared so much great information with us, but now we have to ask you really, really hard questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. And listen, I'm, I'm like, a, you've, you've already experienced this after talking to me for, for this little bit. I'm like a squirrel. I jump tracks. <laughs> so, so I apologize because I'm like a squirrel in the highway, man. So you, if, if rain me in, if, if I'm not, if I'm not on point. <laughs> well, you're the perfect guest because of that, because we love to cover as much as we possibly can. So, I mean, I just love that you're passionate about it. and want to talk about so many different things. All right. Well, then, if if we're if we're good with that, just fire away, and I'll I'll squirrel on. So, <laughs> so this is a fun little segment. We call it the Fast Five Fitness Facts, and we're going to give you five questions, and you can do your best to give us your most squirrely answers. You ready? Yes, sir. I'm ready. So, question number one: What is your favorite exercise? My favorite exercise, if you call it an exercise, is sprinting, running sprints. I love it. It's it's the to me, it's the closest thing to flying that a a, a man can do or a woman. That totally counts as an exercise, and I was expecting some really good answers from you on these, so no pressure or anything. Yes, ma'am. I'm ready. <laughs> what exercise do you love to hate? So, out of everything I've learned so far, I have learned to not do anything that I hate. So, if I don't like it, I simply don't do it, because I want to be happy and I want to feel good. So, I don't do any exercise that, that I don't like doing. It's the first time we've had that answer, so that's a very unique answer. Well, I'm a squirrel, man. I got to be different. <laughs> so what is the best book you've ever read? So to me, the best, uh, how about this? The most impactful book. Um, I would go with Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. And what's your favorite pump up song? Okay, so this is different and it's probably weird to you, but I like uh, What Will You Do Now? It's from the Man of Steel album by uh, Hans Zimmer. It's a Superman song. Yeah, right. <laughs> And if you could train with one person, alive or dead, who would it be and why? It would be Jack LaLanne, but young Jack LaLanne, because um, it would not be embarrassing if he ran me under the table in his young self. But in his 90-year-old self, I wouldn't want to train with him because he could still have run me under the table, and that would be embarrassing. Um, but I love Jack LaLanne because I think as far as a fitness, I, I mean, he is fitness and there would, I mean, he is the father of fitness to me, but his ideals and his, the way he thought about things were very much in line with, with mine or where I want to be anyway. I mean, I, I just think he was just a tremendous man. So how young we talking the TV show earlier? Okay. Yes. The, uh, the black and white TV show where he wore the one piece, uh, fancy uh v-neck collared uh leotard thing i'm just i'm just so happy youtube <laughs> still has those <laughs> yes i think they're awesome man they're, those are great and one more tim anderson exclusive you are stranded on a desert island and you can only do three exercises the rest of your life and bring one north carolina barbecue plate what would they be 
<laughs> um, okay, let's see. I would uh, run sprints. Um, Talk about squirrely, huh? Yeah, that one's that one's that one's weird. But if I'm I'm on an island, so is it is it a is it a is it in a tropical place or is it like a frozen island? Because if it's frozen, I'm out. Um, but that's a, we'll keep it tropical. Okay, so I would probably run sprints. Uh, I would probably I probably crawl a little bit. And um, man, a third one. I you know what I would take up tree climbing. I would learn how to climb trees if if I were fortunate enough to have trees on my island. I'm so glad you said that because I was totally thinking like co- coconut trees, climbing coconut trees. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would. It'd be me, Tom Hanks, and Wilson. I would be all over those coconut <laughs> trees. Um, and as far as a North Carolina barbecue plate, I'm going to uh, tell you, dude, I, I'd pass that up for a tremendously awesome hamburger. Um, I love. I love a good hamburger. Fair. Fair answer. What, what would the burger be? Oh, well, so I'm, I'm kind of, I'm simple, right? So it would just be, it would just be a cheeseburger, uh, maybe with bacon on it. And here's where I go crazy. I'd, I'd probably throw some avocado on it, but, but, but I don't want any other, any, no, no other green things, no onions, no lettuce, no tomatoes, <laughs> no vegetables. <laughs> Tim, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you and follow up? Um, so if, if you're so inclined to, to check to follow up any more with me, um, you can go to my website, originalstrength.net. Um, I have a new book coming out, Habitual Strength. Um, and there's, you know, there's older books, uh, Pressing Reset, Original Strength Reloaded. And if you've never heard of Original Strength or Pressing Reset, that would be the one to, uh, to, to check out first. And also we have a, a YouTube channel where, um, I do jump tangents and get squirrely and, and show a lot of videos on how to do some very simple movements that can change your life. We'll make sure to link out to all those so everybody can check those out as well. Well, listen, guys, I, I really appreciate you having me on and, and putting up with me. Um, I'm sure it was interesting as far as... Oh, it was great. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Thank you so much. Ryan, thank you. You can never complain about hearing someone with so much passion speak. Well, thank you so much, Corey. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Fitness Hacks Podcast by Redefining Strength. For the show notes and more episodes, visit redefiningstrength.com.